Do you have a team member that is underperforming, but you're afraid to give them a bad performance review? Giving performance reviews, especially for poor performance, are typically the first scary act for a new leader. But you can deliver a performance review that addresses poor performance and yet remain a leader that your teammate loves and wants to follow. Forget about the compliment sandwich and other similar gimmicks. Deliver a performance review with confidence that properly addresses the poor performance. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. This is the Rookie Leaders Podcast. It's the podcast offering leadership lessons to newbies. My name is Michael Tanner, and with 30 years of leadership experience, it's my mission to help you become the leader that everyone loves and wants to follow so that you can positively impact business results and the lives of those you lead. Before I start talking to you about performance reviews, let me quickly make you aware of our leadership calculator. You're listening to this podcast because you want to improve your leadership. And to improve your leadership, you must first measure it. And our free calculator provides you an objective leadership score and details for improving your leadership based on your results. I'll share more about our leadership calculator at the end of the show. But for now, let's let's talk a little bit about delivering performance reviews. And as I share this with you, this topic with you, I want to first start off with a quick story that happened to me many, many years ago. And in fact, it was my first leadership position where I was leading other leaders. So in other words, organizationally in the org chart, I had people reporting to me and they also had direct reports. So I was leading leaders. Uh, And in this specific situation, a big revelation hit me. And that revelation was just how um, fearful some people are in giving performance reviews. So I was leading uh, a a team of software development. I had a number of leaders reporting to me and I needed to promote a new team leader, right? So we were creating a new team. I can't remember if we were dividing up to create more teams, maybe more smaller teams, or if we were adding new team members and just needed a new team lead. But I I do remember that it was, um, I was talking to an individual and I actually wanted to promote them to a team leader position. And, you know, I was, I was preparing to have this conversation with this individual and talk to them about uh, the opportunity to be a team leader and what it meant and so forth. And, and I was actually, I was well prepared to tell them why I felt like they were uh, the proper choice for being a team leader, you know, their performance had certainly justified them being a team leader. Their, their, the way they were respected by their team members and their performance, uh, I just felt like it was kind of a shoe in that they would be a team leader. And so I, I, uh, I brought this individual into my office and I, I spoke with him about being a team leader. And as I was sharing all those great details about being a team leader with him and why he was the appropriate choice for being a team leader, 
at some point in the conversation, I asked him, you know, do you have any questions about this? And he had one question. And his one question for me was this, will I have to give performance reviews? That's all, he, you know, all the other details that I had given him, all the other reasons I had given him for uh, him being in this position. He didn't have any questions about that. He simply had this one question, will I have to give performance reviews? And I talked through that. I said, yes, for your team, uh, you will give performance reviews and so forth. Uh, and I explained how that happens and, and the, all the logistics and the ins and outs of doing that performance review. And I think I even shared with him a little bit of a coaching on how to do it and so forth. And ultimately, in that meeting, he declined this promotion to being a team leader simply because he knew that he would have to give performance reviews. And that's, that's when, in, in my own leadership journey, that's when I had this revelation, this insight that performance reviews, they're a really big deal. And for a lot of, especially new leaders, there is a big fear around giving performance reviews. And obviously that fear is associated with the situation where you have to give a review for poor performance. I mean, almost no one dreads the idea of telling someone they're doing a good job. But uh, telling someone they're not doing a good job or they're doing a bad job, then that can be very fearful, especially for a brand new leader. And so what I wanted to do, I've got four bullet points that I want to share with you, just some, some, uh, some tips on how to give a good performance review when you're addressing, trying to address poor performance. A team member on your, your team that has poor performance and you need to address that in some type of performance review. So let me go through these for you. Again, I've got four bullet points here and I want to explain each of those for you. The first one is, I want you to abandon the idea of an annual performance review. Just abandon the idea of an annual performance review. And I say this, even if it happens to be the HR policy for the company or the, the business that you are working for, maybe the HR policy is that, you know, every year, either at the end of the year or maybe early first of the year, you're going to sit down and you're going to formally do a performance review for every one of your team members. And you're going to document that review. Maybe you have some type of HR system where you are documenting that meeting, you're documenting that performance review, and then possibly even uh, merit increases, promotions, and so forth are uh, aligned with or, or, or coordinated with that performance review that you're doing in this HR system, right? And, and if that is the case, if, if your HR policy is that you do these annual reviews and that you do them formally in some type of system, certainly if it then connects with merit increases and so forth, then, then do that, right? input that performance review into the HR system and do it when it is necessary on an annual basis, but do not have this annual performance review be the only time that you talk to that team member or, or all your team members for that matter. Don't let an annual performance review be the only time that you talk to your team members about their performance. So that's what I mean when I say abandon the idea of the annual performance review. You want to be consistently providing performance review. Now, again, on an annual basis, because maybe it's HR policy, you're going to go into their HR system and you're going to formally document the performance review. 
But the reality is you want to be consistently and constantly providing performance feedback for every single one of your team members. You cannot wait until this annual performance review time. Okay. And my recommendation I've on this podcast and a number of times I've recommended the utilization of regularly held one-on-one meetings once a week, maybe once every other week, same time, same, same day, same time, same place, once a week, every other week, maybe you're going to meet with every individual of your team members individually. And you're as a part of this one-on-one meeting, you can utilize that to give them performance review, good feedback on, on what they're doing really well feedback on what they need to improve upon, right? You can utilize the one-on-one in order to do that. Also, another reason that you don't want to utilize only the the idea of an annual performance review is because you want to be able to uh, quickly, in, in, t- in a timely manner, you want to address any type of poor performance. It's a really, really awkward conversation when you're in an annual performance review. Maybe it's January, okay? It's January and your HR policy is that every January you do performance reviews. It's a really awkward conversation for you to say, do you remember back in June of last year when you were really struggling with this or that? That's an awkward conversation for you to be talking about six months ago, you were struggling with performance. And so now we need to address that. You don't want to be having those conversations. You want to be having a conversation no more than remember last week when this happened, right? If at all possible, you want to be able to give that feedback. Remember yesterday, yesterday you were struggling with this or that. We need to address that. Right? So you want these performance reviews to be consistent and constant ongoing performance reviews. And then again, if you have an HR policy that requires an annual performance review, then annually, you can just kind of sum up and summarize all the things that you talked about throughout the course of the year into a formal performance review, if that's what is necessary. But you want to be utilizing these regularly held one-on-one meetings to provide performance review on a consistent basis because of how timely it is. It will make the conversations so much better. Okay. So that's bullet point number one, abandon the annual performance review. Number two, bullet point number two here is you need to establish selfless motive in your own leadership. You need to establish selfless motive in your own leadership. In our leadership accelerator course, we teach the importance of motive for your leadership. Motive is essentially this this answer to the question, why do you want to be in a leadership position? And it really comes down to the perception that your team members have of your leadership. Are you in leadership for selfish reasons or are you in leadership for selfless reasons, right? And so the reason that is so important is because when you get into this conversation with a team member that has poor performance, if they believe that you are giving them this feedback for selfish reasons, then this conversation is not going to go well. However, if that team member has a good relationship with you, you have a good relationship with them, they have recognized in you that your motives for leadership are very selfish in nature. If they recognize in you and your leadership that you actually care more about them and their better performance than you do about yourself, 
now this poor performance review can go much better. This conversation can go much, much better. And so you want to establish selfless motives in your leadership. And, and you do this through, through serving your team members, even that team member that may be performing poorly. Your job as their leader is to serve them in any way possible to make their job easier, their life better, and so forth. Right? Servant, it is what servant leadership is. Your job as a leader is to serve your team members for the purpose of helping them succeed, achieving the goal, whatever it might be. Also in establishing this selfless motive, uh, building relationships is crucial in establishing this perception or, or convincing your team members that you care more about them and care more about the team than you do yourself. Building good relationships is key to doing that. And I mentioned that earlier in our in the one-on-one meetings, you're regularly held one-on-one -on -one meetings. That's also where you're going to do uh, th that relationship building. You're going to build relationships in that regularly held one-on-one -on -one meeting as well. And recognize this as well. In terms of establishing a selfless motive, you want to start to understand why this poor performance exists, right? You, you want to understand what's going on in the life of this team member. Or what is what is this team member lacking? Is it some type of training, some type of skill set? Is it some type of education that this team member is lacking? Or or it could be that something of a of a personal nature is going on in this team member's life such that it impacts their performance at work. And you want to be genuinely curious about that person for the purpose of trying to determine why this poor performance exists. You care more about them and what's going on with them that creates this poor performance than you do about yourself, that you do about you know your, your own uh, performance as a leader or anything like that. You want to establish these selfless motives. So that's uh, tip number two. Uh, number three is this. In the conversation, and this is where most of the fear for a new leader exists. It's just that that moment, that awkward time of sitting down one-on-one -on -one with that individual and telling them in some way they've done a bad job. Okay, When you do that, the conversation completely has to address the performance, not the person. And you need to be really, really careful with this. And in fact, this is where I oftentimes uh, will coach you to prepare yourself for that conversation. Write out the things that you want to say. Write out the things that you want to say. Script it in some ways, maybe even take notes to the meeting. I think it's okay. It's appropriate to tell that person, this is really, really important. I took some notes. I want to make sure that I cover everything for you, right? So it's okay to prepare yourself, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and even take some notes and take those into the meeting. Because what you want to do, all of your language, everything that you say in this conversation with this individual that has poor performance, you want to be addressing their performance, or, or maybe it's their attitude or their behavior or something like that. But you want to be addressing that behavior or at that attitude or that performance. You're not addressing the person. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if maybe the poor performance issue is just kind of a, a lack of follow through, if you will, or, or you know, uh, you're giving this person a task, but they only kind of do it 75%, right? You, you never can really trust this team member to, to, 
go that extra mile and, and just do a, a super good job on a task. Well, you would not say to that person, look, you're just a lazy bum because you will not completely finish a job. Right? You're not going to say that to that person. You are this. Rather, what you're going to do is address that performance, okay? When uh, when, a t when you do a task, you leave 25% of the task undone. And that lack of finishing the 25% we need to address, right? So you're addressing the performance. You're not addressing the, the person because that's what you're trying to change. You're trying to change the performance. You're not trying to change the person. And, and that's really, really key here because you don't want this team member to feel like you're trying to change them as a person. They must only feel like you're trying to change this performance that you are addressing. When this is the case, when you are addressing the performance and not the person, that can reduce, maybe even eliminate the defensiveness that you may encounter when you're having this conversation with that person. I know that's probably uh, one of the main fears for a new leader is sitting down with that person on an individual basis and giving them the feedback that they're doing something poorly. And one of the fears is that they will uh, respond in a defensive nature, right? They'll just uh, attack back, if you will. And then that will turn into an argument or some type of conflict. I know many of us, including myself, we're not all that happy in a, in a conflict situation. And that's what ultimately that we're fearing in this situation. Well, if you will be very, very, you know, clear and, and concise to address the performance and not try to attack or address the person, that's going to reduce, maybe even eliminate this defensiveness. And in addition to this, as you are addressing that performance, be sure that you have some really, really concrete and clear evidence or documented evidence of this poor performance, right? So, you know, maybe performance-wise, you are addressing uh, someone that is coming into work late. Well, that's a pretty easy one, right? You're going to have some documented evidence where that person came in late. You know, maybe if you do work in an environment where you're punching a clock, I don't even know if people punch clocks anymore. Uh, back early in my days, we did. But if you have some documented evidence, look, here on this day, you were 15 minutes late uh, on this day, or maybe it's coming to meetings or something like that, whatever it is, you, you can show evidence, documented evidence on this day, you were 15 minutes late on this day, you were five minutes late. Um, and that will help. Again, it, it helps point out to that person that you're worried about the the performance. You're not trying to change them as a per person. You're trying to change their performance. Okay. So tip number three, address the, the performance, not the person. And then lastly, tip number four is you, you may kind of already be this for that individual, but you need to, in this case, when you're having this per performance review meeting with this individual, and you're talking about their poor performance, you want to just really increase your efforts to be a good coach for that team member, right? You want to kind of turn into the ultimate coach for that team member. Now, that means a number of different things. Now, again, as, as their leader, you may kind of somewhat already be their coach or their mentor, if you will. If you're leading well, you're certainly already a coach to them. 
But in this specific situation of addressing poor performance, you want to kind of re-energize and re-emphasize the fact that you are a coach here. You're here for them. And again, this will go back to that second bullet point that I mentioned to you around establishing selfless motives. You are here for them. You want to help them improve this important uh, this performance. And so you're going to just, you know, over the top become a coach for them. And that, that means a few different things here. Uh, first and foremost, it means you're going to help them in that meeting. You're going to help them create a game plan for addressing this poor performance. You're, some, some type of action, some steps of action that this individual is going to take for the purpose of improving this important, this performance. So you are going to help them establish a game plan. And then once that game plan is in place, you're going to become their mentor. You're going to become their coach. You're going to kind of hold them accountable to taking the action steps that were identified in the game plan. You're going to offer any type of advice or suggestions as the best way to take those actions and so forth. You're going to become that coach, that mentor, but you're also going to become their cheerleader. You want to just encourage them. You want to, um, uh, do all that you can to motivate them, to inspire them, to encourage them to perform that game plan that requires the um, uh, the improvement. Right? And, you know what? I should also say this: this being a coach, game plan, mentoring, cheerleading, you would also want to provide this step for individuals that you are giving good performance reviews. You always want to be challenging and pushing your team members to do more or to do better. So even if you have a team member that you're going to sit down with them and you're going to talk about performance and it's all good stuff, they're doing things really, really well right now. You always want to have an area that that team member, even the good team member can, can do better, can do more of, or something like that. And in that case, you're going to create the game plan to do that. You're going to mentor them through that. You're going to cheerlead them, encourage them through that. Okay. So the last step, here is just become a coach. Uh, re-emphasize your role, even though you're their leader, you're their boss, you're going to re-emphasize your role as a coach to help them form the game plan, work through the game plan, and along the way, you're going to be their cheerleader. You're going to encourage them, motivate them, inspire them, and so forth. So that's your, in conclusion, that's your, your four steps or, or four tips regarding delivering a performance review that you're addressing poor performance. First of all, abandon the annual performance review. Do this on a regular and consistent basis. Establish selfless motive. Your performance review will go so much better if that team member knows that you care more about them and their performance than you do yourself. Be sure that in the moment you are addressing the performance, not trying to change the, per the person, you're changing the performance not the person. And then lastly, become and emphasize for them that you are their coach, you are their cheerleader, help them create that game plan and then encourage them through that. So I hope those four st steps are helping you. If you fear delivering uh, performance reviews, especially poor performance reviews, I hope that's helped you. If you need to deliver that poor performance review, or if you just want to be prepared to do so, uh, then you can start with our leadership calculator. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. You can start with our leadership calculator so that you can understand how to establish those all-important relationships and pure motives 
that we talked about there in step number two. All you've got to do is head over to theleadershipcalculator.com. That's theleadershipcalculator.com. We'll give you a score, and then we'll give you a report on exactly how to improve your leadership based on your results, and that will certainly help you deliver these poor performance reviews that you're so fearing right now. So I hope that's helped you. Until I speak to you again next time, remember that I love you because that's what leaders do, and I want you to be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com. Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you are a leader who has questions or feels like this. I was new to leadership. You're just hoping to show them the, the right path and right. hope they catch on intentional saying, hey, this is the path we're taking. As a new leader, not having people work for me, how do you go about hiring people, finding right. that right team member? How do we have everybody want to be on this team because the goal that we're going for helps them, helps the company, helps everybody. Yes, this podcast is here to help with that. I share with you everything I can to help you grow into a leader everyone loves and wants to follow. But let's face it, it will take me years to share with you my 29 plus years of leadership experience via a weekly podcast episode. So if you're really serious about improving your leadership faster to positively impact business results and the lives of those you lead, I invite you to consider the Leadership Accelerator. This is the 30-day challenge I've created to teach leaders like you the principles guaranteed to improve your leadership effectiveness in just 30 days. Leaders are watching their leadership improve with every action taken in the 30-day challenge. I would even include my confidence level, even just having simple conversations with people. I don't feel the edginess of trying to have a difficult conversation. Leaders are fast-tracking their leadership growth. I feel like I gained five years worth of experience just because I've gained five years worth of knowledge. Over the course of 30 days, you'll get deep, hands-on, and step-by-step -step coaching from me on every element of our leadership equation. It's the mathematical science behind measuring your leadership. You have a predictable, measurable way of looking at leadership that a different way that I've seen people describe it. While the Leadership Accelerator is a self-paced online course, you will also receive multiple opportunities to ask me directly your specific leadership questions. So if you're ready to commit to improving your leadership, head over to credibleleaders.com forward slash accelerator right now. And if you're still on the fence, you'd absolutely have to do it. The word is acceleration. It'll accelerate your knowledge, your experience, your confidence. What are you waiting for? Once again, head over to credibleleaders.com forward slash accelerator and sign up. I can't wait to meet you in the program. And remember, I love you because that's what leaders do. And I want you to be blessed and lead well.